Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Choices Finding Your Joy. I am thrilled to share with you a fellow TV radio host. She's a best-selling author. You're just going to love today's show. Today we have with us Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She is a three-time breast cancer survivor, life guidance coach, inspirational speaker, and the best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland. And she uh, recently wrote her second book. She co-authored the new book, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. Thank you so much for being with us, Kathleen. Well, thank you, Paula. And I just noticed on my picture when your audience is looking, it says Peter in the corner. That's my husband. And he set this up for me. So my name's not Peter. Oh, <laughs> it's oh yay, Peter. Thank you, Peter, for setting that up for you. We're so grateful. Awesome. Thank you. I would love to have you share, before we talk about your book, a bit about your background and a bit of your history, you know, and what brought you to where you're at today, Kat. Uh, well, I'm actually a military brat. My dad was Special Forces Green Beret. So I was born and raised in Europe. And I came back to the United States for the first time to go to college. So I was a stranger in my own land. And because I, I didn't really grow up with TV and, uh, you know, drive in uh, uh restaurants that I see on TV with the roller skates and all that stuff. I, I was really excited to get back to the States and really enjoy the culture that was truly mine. So uh, when I was, uh, it was about 1999, I had gone in for my yearly mammogram, you know, uh, mammogram and complete you know, uh, medical checkup that we get once a year, the pap smear, the blood test, the whole works to make sure we're healthy. And my doctor told me I was healthy and to go home. So I was all happy. Oh, yes, I'll see you in a year. And I went home. And Paula, I started having these nightmares. And, and I always say a nightmare is a gift from God. It's a wake up call. And it's a call to action. It means something's off. So in these nightmares, I would be having my regular dream, and then all of a sudden, my dream would freeze, like the, the screen on your computer would freeze, and I'd get a pop-up window, just like a pop-up window on your computer, and the window, I could see through it, there was movement, and then that window would turn into a door, and a monk a Franciscan monk, like St. Francis of Assisi, <laughs> would walk through that dream door and say to me, come with me, we, meaning there's more of them, have something to tell you. And he would lead me through this sacred dream doorway into an area I call the room between realms. It's a divine area of both the living and the dead where you can get information. And this monk actually took my hand, Paula, and put it on my breast and said, do you feel that? And I said, yeah. He said, that's breast cancer. You go back to your doctor and you get a different set of tests. So long story short, I ended up going back to my doctor for three and a half months. And I kept having this recurrent nightmare for three and a half months. And my, wow. it, and my doctor kept giving me the same tests and saying the same things. So finally, at the, at the last time I had this nightmare, when the monk walked in, I started crying in the dream. 
And I said, I know why you're here and I, I don't know what else to do. My doctor's not listening to me. So if I really do have breast cancer, then you do something to help me if you want me to live. And he reached into his sleeve and he pulled out a little white feather, said, return to your doctor tomorrow without an appointment. Tell him that you need exploratory surgery. Don't take no for an answer. And so I did. And that feather, that little feather convinced my doctor to do exploratory surgery on something he couldn't see, couldn't feel, went right down over the top of where I was pointing. And long story short, I was in stage two aggressive breast cancer with it in a lymph node. Wow. Uh, now, what, did the doctor say why this didn't show up in the tests? Well, after when, when I finally convinced the doctor with my little feather mm -hmm. to um, do the exploratory surgery, I said, who's going to do the surgery? And he said, well, I am. You don't have cancer. You're too young for cancer. Breast cancer doesn't run in your family. And I said, shouldn't we have a specialist there? And he said, you don't need one. I'm going to do the surgery. So when he found the cancer, he said, you know, pathology didn't like what they saw when they cut open the tumor. I sent them when I was in recovery. So now I have to refer you to a specialist. Well, the specialist was chief of, of oncology. And he said to me, I asked him the same questions. He said to me, mammograms are only as good as the people who take them and the people who read them. So five years later, after all of my treatments, I had to take a really, really strong chemotherapy, radiation therapy. I had so many surgeries, I can't tell you, because they had to go into my lymph nodes, they had to check my lymph nodes. When they found there was cancer in the lymph node, they had to go back in and take more until they didn't find any affected um, cancerous lymph nodes. So at the five-year mark, almost to the day, Paula, the nightmare started again. And my monks came back into my dreams and said, it's back. Your cancer's back, which is something you don't want to hear in a million years. And so I had to convince my doctors that the mammograms they were reading to look for recurrence mm -hmm. that didn't find the cancer in the first place wasn't working. And so I had to actually stand in my power as a woman, speak my truth, not take no for an answer. I refused to take no for an answer. I was a squeaky wheel. And the doctors then finally, three and a half months later of pounding on the doctors, I got an MRI and I had a nine by 11 centimeter tumor that they were missing on mammograms. And I, and, and I said, you told me you were the best in the world with mammograms. They were only as good as the people who took them and read them. How can you explain this? And they looked at me and they said, well, we guess mammograms aren't your friend. And I said, you think? <laughs> you think? <sighs> the real answer to that question that you asked, though, is young women have very dense breasts and mammograms don't work on 30% of us. Fortunately, it works on the other 80%, but th that 30% of us, which is a lot of women, we need to listen to our dreams. We need to connect to that female intuition. And if we know something is wrong, go to your doctor, stand in your power, speak your truth, and don't take no for an answer. Get a second set of tests. Your insurance pays for it. They can do that make sure that they do. Don't take no for an answer. Your life depends on it. Yeah. Yes. And is it, 
can it be a challenge to interpret the dreams to get that message? I mean, yours was pretty blatant. I mean, it was just right there, honey, here you go. But there's, there's that interpretation. Well, it's amazing. You know, we all have our own dream language. And, um, you know, that music in the background is my husband singing. He just came in from tennis. So just let me. Um, Peter, I am on a radio show, but the audience loves your singing. Yes. So anyhow, um, uh, you know, the dreams are so blatant. And in all, even in, in, in the 41 stories in this book, the people were able to interpret their dreams. They were able to figure out what they were saying because when they are recurrent dreams like that and your inner guidance, your guardian angels, your uh, inner guides, uh, whom I believe were born with, where their job and they take that job seriously, they're going to keep giving you those dreams until you get them right. But you can always ask for a clarifying dream. And we talk about that in, in the book, where one woman who had a disturbing dream like mine or a nightmare, went in, when she went to bed the next night, she said, you know, I'm not sure I understand what that symbolic dream was. Can you give me a dream I will really understand? And that night, her spirit guides took her to a graveyard and they pointed to a grave and they said that was covered in daisies. And they said, if you don't heed the advice of the previous dream and get a second set of tests, you are gonna be pushing up these daisies. So she didn't really need to think about that one too long. She went back to her doctors. She didn't take no for an answer. And boom, there was the illness. So the, in this book, they're not all cancer, by the way. They're not all breast cancer or cancer. We have uh, cystic fibrosis. We have diabetes. We have a number of other diseases and other physical conditions. Yeah. And they were all found in dreams. Wow. And, and how did you reach the people to get find out their stories and help them understand those dreams or, or find out that they did understand them and sought help. How, where's that connection? Well, the first, the back, what I call the backbone of this book was Dr. Larry Burke's research that he did on uh, breast cancer that diagnosed um, breast cancer that diagnosed the uh, breast cancer dreams that diagnosed the breast cancer. I know sometimes it's a mouthful. And Dr. Larry Burke had 18 women whose dreams diagnosed the breast cancer that was then validated by pathology reports. So in a lot of those in a lot of those cases, the doctors didn't know about the dreams. Like in my case, I didn't go and say to my doctors, I had this dream because I, I knew I needed treatment and I didn't want a padded cell or, or you know, med medication to make me stop dreaming. I needed help. So <clears throat> half of the women actually told their doctors, the other half did not, but they all had a pathology report to validate their dream. So I said to Larry, what are you going to do with all this information? And he said, well, it's in medical journals. And I said, yeah, but what about all the women out there, all the people out there who have dreams that, that your research could actually save their life? And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, let's write a book. So I wrote a proposed book proposal, gave it to my agent. She sent it out to five publishing houses. And two weeks later, 
we were in a bidding war. And four months later, we had to send, we didn't have a book done yet. <laughs> we, Paula, all we had were three chapters for that book proposal. But between the time that we signed the contract and four months later, when we had to send the actual manuscript in, people started coming in from LinkedIn, from uh, Google Plus, from our Facebook pages, from Twitter, from word of mouth. And we were just getting stories like that. And so by the time we sent the book in, we had all 41 stories. We were done. That's amazing. So the universe will provide if yeah. you're walking the right path instead of rowing your boat upstream, you just flow with the current and it's going to be perfect. What would you say are the most common themes that people shared in these dreams? Well, it kind of answers one of your other questions, your, your recent question that you asked me. They, one, of the, one of the themes they all shared was this feeling of a call to action where the dream was so significant it, you, it, it, it haunted you all day long. You'd suddenly be at work and you'd have a daydream. Your mind would kind of wander off and boom, there the dream would be again, reminding you. It's like you couldn't shut it off. Um, and so that created a real call to action, which all of those dreams were. And then the dreams were so lifelike. You could hear words. You could see people. You could see colors. Uh, you saw symbols that you would then see during the day. Mm -hmm. It was like another validation or a synchronicity. So they all shared that, this feeling that this dream is different from all my other dreams. I, I'm an avid dreamer, but this one's different and I have to do something about it. And I don't think this nightmare is gonna stop until I do. And that's what they all shared. Every single dreamer shared that. And, and there was all, really only one dreamer who did not listen to her dreams. She listened to her doctor over her dreams and she was a doctor herself and the doctor said look your mammograms are great there's nothing there go home i'll see you in a year when she came back it was so progressed the breast cancer was so progressed that she died shortly after and i'm not saying that to scare your audience i'm just saying that out of all of the other 40 stories in this book because these people believed in that inner guidance that we have a connection to that universal oneness that knows everything about us, that the one person who believed um, their, their medical tests over their dreams and inner guidance and guardian angels was the only one that died. Mm -hmm. And that was very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I've had people over the years, you know, say, hey, I had a nightmare I wonder if it's a sign of a tragedy that's going to happen or a warning of something. And, and you know, so that just shows us how these can be warnings. And, you know, the trick is to just interpret it and, you know. Yes. And the, the, these dreams are different because they're so blatant. It's not like you've got to sort through them to figure them out. To you, they're, they're clear as day. And like I said, you just go back in and have a clarifying dream. If you don't get the first one, your guides want you to know this. Your guardian angels want you to know. They want you to, to get back onto the right path. You're on the wrong path. They're trying to guide you. You came to a fork in the road. And that fork is 
medical diagnosis versus real diagnosis from inner self and your spirit guides and you've got to get back onto this path and pull that information from medicine over you know the basically what this book is talking about is um you know uh med the medicine goes so far and then comes god when everything else fails and you think that you have nothing else to rely on you've always got your inner guides your guardian angels and god and they will keep you on that path they are with us always and it's just it is so beautiful the signs and messages we get you know not only in our sleep but every day the white feathers the yes on the floor that's mine other people get butterflies but you know the other thing with this too is these dreams to be forewarned in a precognitive dream is to be forearmed that's what a lot of these people were talking about. I wasn't shocked into not being able to respond because I'd already seen it in the dream. I knew it was coming. It was okay. I was emotionally prepared. Yeah. What, what tools or advice would you give the audience to help them remember their dreams? Well, you know, I use the acronym so dream and even though I know it by heart, I always keep it right here with me so I can refer to it because sometimes I'll leave out a letter like last one of the interviews I did I left out the R. So anyhow, what it, you can do is use this acronym so dream and you don't need to run off now and get a piece of paper and pencil. It's in one of the chapters in the book. So you can just go and look at it and it's got a lot more detail. I'm just going to go through it quickly. The S is for to set your your intention meaning before you go to bed you set your intention for instance with with, with the dream that the woman wanted um, uh, to be clarified in the dream on what the previous dream was she set her intention before she went to bed explain that previous dream to me because that seemed kind of crazy and I'm not really sure what that was but maybe that dream that she had was so crazy it was unforgettable because the crazier the dream the bigger the message so mm -hmm. by asking setting her intention to have a clarifying dream she now got the answer to the previous dream so you can write that question down and put it under your pillow if you need to and then what you're doing is taking the fifth dimension and bringing it into the third you're reading it through your soul because your eyes are the windows to your soul so you've now really integrated for that answer then O is organize yourself have a pencil and paper beside your bed so that when you wake up you don't have to bolt out of bed and run around the room going oh my god that was the most incredible dream I got to write it down I got to write it down and then you forgot it because by the time you find the pencil and paper poof, it's gone I know. <laughs> Yeah. So have it right beside your bed. And then the trick is when you wake up, you're, you're so excited about the dream. You want to just bolt awake and write it down. You'll forget too much. Come up slowly, train yourself to come up and just reach over, get it and then write furiously. It's okay then. And then um, D is dream. You do dream everything dreams it's a case of remembering your dream trust that you are going to dream even a fetus in the womb at 22 weeks dreams you can see rapid eye movement um, as soon as their eyes are closed enough that you can see the eyeball it's moving so they're in REM then R remain in your position 
that, that I talked about earlier. Stay there for two seconds. Try to, try, try to kind of capture the end, the tail of that dream so you can pull it into your waking world. Emotion. As soon as you start writing, what emotion did you feel when you woke up? Were you happy? Were you sad? Were you scared out of your mind? Did you have a nightmare? Write the emotions down because they are connected directly to your dream. Then the A in so dream, D-R-E-A, is to add to that. As you're writing down the emotions, add to it. What color did you see in your dream? Did you see people? Did you see animals? Did you see plants? There's one person in the dreams that, that, that was spoken to by plants. So, you know, maybe your guardian angel is a tree. Um, I believe trees have souls. So anyhow, then meaning, underline the important words in your dream. And you'll see that in the book at the end of each of these stories. I give an interpretation of the dream as if it were my dream. And I underline the important parts, the words that jump out in that story. And then Dr. Larry Burke gives his interpretation as well from a medical point of view. So his words might be different, but your words are important to you in your dream. So underline them and then give your dream a title. And that is the last most important step. Give your dream a title because if it comes back to you during the day in a daydream, if it's really important, it probably will. You know where to go back to your journal to add it. Excellent. I love it. I love it. We have about three minutes left. What last words do you want to share with everyone today? What do you want them to think about today? I want you to think about the fact that children have not learned not to believe in their dreams yet. So they live their dreams when they're playing they talk about their dreams all the time. They believe in their dreams and their dreams guide them. I believe we need to go back and connect with our inner child and start to work with our dreams. And they're never going to steer you wrong. All you have to do is have another dream, ask for another dream to, to qualify what your first dream was saying and your inner guidance will work with you. Oh. Be a child again. Oh. Awesome. Awesome. Dreams are so fascinating. <clears throat> just, and, you know, and then to think about that dreams are also life changing. Isn't that something? They are. Everybody who had one of these dreams that then came true was validated by medical reports. That's what's in this book. We don't have any dreams that were not validated. Um, it changed their life because now it, you know, as one person said, the woo woo, became validated by medical reports, maybe it's not so woo-woo. Yes. And really, doesn't that, you know, just support the idea, listen to our body, listen to our intuition, and then also listen to our dreams. You know, that's number one. We have control of our lives. Mm -hmm. We do. Fascinating. Oh, so I also wanted to let you know that your listeners today, your, your audience, they have a free gift on my website just for listening. All they have to do is go in and put the title of your radio show, and they can download a video 101 dream course that will help them start on their dream journey. So if they go to Cat Dreams, uh, they'll get there. If they go to the Queen of Dreams, 
they'll also get there. And my name, Kathleen O'Keefe, O-K-E-E-F-E, Canavas, K-A-N-A-V, as in Victor, O-S, as in Sam, like the stuff you smoke, cannabis, but cannabis.com. I love it. I love it. That's an excellent opportunity. Oh, gosh. I'm just so grateful for having had you on the show, Kat. Oh, thank you, Paula. This was great. Oh, great information and, and inspiration for everyone to, to just think about, you know, what they can learn from their dreams and, you know, and, and how we are surrounded by you know, our angels and guides, and we're loved. I love it. <laughs> yes, and when we are in alignment with all of that, good things happen. Like you told me, you're getting ready to go and talk on a national TV show. Mm -hmm. um, they called you because you are in alignment. I would love to have you come on to my video show and talk about that when you're done. Let, let the audience know what you did, how you did it. It's amazing. You know, you're not even looking for things, but things come to you. Yes. And it's, it's, you're spot on. It's that alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Kat. Thank you so much. And to everyone out there, love, hugs, and blessings. Love, hugs, and blessings, Kat. I'm thank you. Again. Bye. Bye-bye. You need to get away to reignite. And do you know what? You deserve it. Make the choice to get regrounded, refresh, recalibrate, refocus. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired and the radio show Finding Your Joy is partnering with personal development and life enhancement coach Tiffany Van Heel of Ignite by Design to bring you a week of rejuvenation. Their first experimental retreat is slated for Sedona in the fall of 2019 with more details to be unveiled soon. You'll be treated to yoga twice a day, personal development segments, coffee chats, champagne socials, hikes, massage, and quality time to do what you you choose. Choose happy. The intention is to become fully present and allow yourself to savor the experience through your senses. This is where you find your joy. Are you looking to open the beautiful door to the beautiful modality of Reiki, a hands-on energy healing modality? Radio host, Reiki master, speaker, and published author, Paula Vale would be honored to assist you in your Reiki training. For details, go to wellnessinspired.com. You may also contact Paula at paula at wellnessinspired.com to schedule your training.